There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning into our Friday edition of the podcast, how we rejoice that the Lord has allowed us to teach these psalms and go through the Messianic Psalms. 150 psalms, and of course, we have discovered Jesus Christ in so many places, uh, whether it be of his birth, whether it be of his death, or of his resurrection, or his soon-coming kingdom. We have found Jesus Christ. We've also received exhortation from the Word of God, instruction from the Word of God, and as we've looked at the last couple of days, we're talking about praise, and one of the things that I have talked about the last few days in the podcast is just the lack of praise Uh, There are so many today that are just tore out of sorts about this matter of praise and worship, not understanding biblically what praise is and understand truly what worship is. And I think praise needs to be native. I don't think it needs to be something that is pumped or primed. I believe praise needs to be native to that person. I told a dear brother yesterday as I spoke with him, and I said one of the things that we absolutely need to see is we need to see some people that worship God in secret and then praise him in their private place. And you see the show of the flesh, you see the choreographed hand raised, you know, they shout, raise their hand at the same verse every time in the exact same song and just choreography. And I remember years ago, a man spoke of a gospel group and the lady would kick her shoes off at the exact same place in the exact same psalm for 25 years. She'd kick her shoes off at that verse, at that chorus, at that exact place. And, you know, it's just at that point it becomes a show. And it is manifest in that. And so what you see is you see a lack of people that in their private life praise the Most High God. And when you do praise Him, I believe it'll bring emotion. It'll bring you to tears. It'll bring you frustration with yourself, anger over yourself. I believe it'll bring that vehement desire that he talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, Well, you will see yourself in light of God and be so vehement over yourself and over your vileness before him. And it'll bring a, a native praise. It'll bring a praise that he's worthy of because it's natural then at that point, once you realize that, uh, you've been reduced. And once you realize how far from God you really are in your life, I believe it'll bring that praise. And yet that's what people are missing today. Uh, church is more of an emotional outlet for them. They come and lift up their hands and they shout and wiggle and, and holler and run and leap and dance and bang the bongos and everything. But they don't do that in their private life. In fact, God doesn't exist in most people's private life. There is no such thing as a relationship with God. Therefore, it's just an outward manifestation of what they call praise and worship. True praise and worship starts in the secret place. And if you'll get the secret place right, I believe publicly you'll have that right as well. And so I'm not against praise. What I am against is the show of the flesh. And I believe that's what God is against. When it's just manifest, it's just a show of the flesh or you're pressured. Or I've seen men pressure people to do exactly what they need to do as far as praise. And I've seen God yet work through that. And I've seen true, I believe, native praise break out of that. Yet there are still those absolutely confounded because in their private life, they don't have that relationship. They do not have that walk with God. 
And I recommend for those of you that maybe are skeptical of what I'm speaking of, take the word of God, look up praise, look up shout, look up rejoice, look up hallelujah, look up amen, and just go through those glory to God and look up those places and find out truly what praise and worship is. And what you'll find is, yes, it's published in the word of God. God has given it to us. But so many times it came out of those in that secret place, those in that private place, those in that hidden place with God and that relationship they had with him. And so I would look at Psalm 150 through the eyes of a man that's looking uh, inwardly. He is in a secret place with God. He is in a private place with God. There is needs to be nobody else around him. And by the way, David came and praised him in the sanctuary. Were there people around? Yes, there were. But he was in the house of God. And it was a private place with God. And I believe manifestation of, of the worship of God in a private place in the assembly of the believer is absolutely appropriate. It's between you and God. And I believe the singing of the songs. I believe you need to isolate yourself in singing and sing praises to the Most High God. You yourself need to sing those songs. It's not for someone else. It's for you to sing. It's for you to praise. It's for you to rejoice. I know some men that are talented singers. I know some ladies that are talented singers. I don't have that talent, but yet I praise him in song, and I praise him because he's worthy to be praised. And so as we look at Psalm 150, look at it through those eyes, because that's where he is when he says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Why do we praise him in his sanctuary? Because that's his dwelling place. That's where he is. Praise him in the firmament of his power. So again, that doesn't exclude any of us from praising him. It doesn't exclude any place from praising him. But again, you separate yourself from just being a show, just because you're pressured. You praise him because he's worthy of it. You praise him because he is the most high God. You praise him because he sent his only son into this world, his only begotten son into this world. And for you and for me, that we might have the forgiveness of sins. And for that, he's worthy to be praised. His name needs to be on our lips. And again, each person has their own way of praise, each style of praise. Some are extremely vocal. Some are very soft in the vocality. Some praise him with hands. Some praise him with instruments. Some praise him with songs. But nevertheless, praise the Lord. You're not excluded from that. Verse 2, praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Now, that cannot possibly exclude any of us because he's been good to all of us. And we praise him for that. His wonderful works to us and his goodness, that's what we thank him for and bless his name for. For many years, I've told people when they're going through a dark time, going through a hard patch, and it seems like nothing's going right, and just stop and truly count your blessings, like the old songwriter said. And I've sat down with people, and I've said, let's count. Let's every person here give five things they're thankful for. And it doesn't take long going around. It doesn't take long before the tears start. It doesn't take long before the gratefulness starts. It doesn't take long before the praise begins to exude our lips because we lose sight of him. We lose sight of his greatness, lose sight of his mighty acts. We lose sight of his excellent greatness. And it is an excellent greatness, an excellence about him. And when we praise him and we worship him in the beauty of holiness, it's an excellent thing. It's an excellent spirit in which it's done. That's why Daniel had that excellent spirit. Why? Three times a day he's praying. Three times a day he's at that window looking for God, looking. He's looking for Messiah. That's why he's at the window. He's looking for that one which is to come. And he's praising the Most High God. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. One of the things that's missing in most churches today is the trumpet player. I've had the privilege, and I do mean the privilege, to sit in some churches where very skilled trumpet players or other brass instruments 
woodwind, not so much, but brass instruments play. I'm a man. I like brass instruments. I want something loud, something obnoxious. I mean, I would enjoy a good sousaphone in every church. I think it'd be a blessing. Uh, you know, maybe a congregation of four or five, it might be a stretch, you know, a 20 by 30 building. It might get a little loud in there, but yet praise him with that. Boy, I was in a place where some Ukrainians were in the service, and their daddy had been in jail many times for preaching the gospel in Ukraine, and uh, just to weigh in on the Ukraine-Russia problem. And the Ukrainian authorities have been putting this man in, in prison for preaching, and his sons were very skilled in the art of playing the trumpet. And they were playing trumpet duets. They'd play those old psalms, and and uh, they'd, they'd do uh, scripture verses on the trumpet. They'd sing hymns on the trumpet and play. And oh, what a beautiful sound it was. Oh, what a wonderful sound it was. What a wonderful way to worship him with the sound of a trumpet. Young men, why don't you take up the instrument? Why don't you praise him? If you can't sing, praise him with the voice of the trumpet. And then he said, praise him with the psaltery and harp. Again, those stringed instruments, they ought to be praised. I know a young lady who trained in the harp, known her family, known her since she was just a little girl, known her family for probably 40 plus years. And she was skillfully trained professionally in the harp and has played professionally. And boy, when she plays that harp and begins to strum those strings, just the beauty that flows and the stirring in the heart. This is what people say, well, that's not like the harp of the Old Testament. No, this is probably a little bit better. The technology has come a long way in the last uh, 3,000 years. And so it's probably a little bit better, but it's a glory to God. And it brings it brings an excellency to the service. It brings an excellency to the sanctuary of God. But these things are so foreign today. Uh, the Pentecostals have just about driven the Baptists away from worship and away from praise because it does get out of hand. It does get out of sorts. And again, if a man's feet can't stand still and he gets happy feet, let it be so. But a woman gets happy feet, it's usually pretty indecent. I'm just throwing that out there. And uh, folks don't want to see that, don't need to see that in church. It usually becomes profane. So again, what is profane? Taking that which is holy and making it common or making it unclean. And so it becomes profane all of a sudden. Why? Because what could be holy, that praise to the Most High God, now becomes profane because you can't think a clean thought because of the awfulness of what you're seeing, the awfulness of what's taking place, because someone doesn't have the decency or the modesty to know what God requires of them. And so it is with praise. Praise is comely, but praise out of hand is obscene. Praise that goes beyond the norm. It's just, it's an awful thing. It's an unholy thing. And when they take that worship to a place, it just becomes sensual, and it just becomes devilish, and it's a, it's a great abomination in the churches today, but uh, folks don't want to talk about that, and that's what we're weighing in on this in Psalm 150. We want to be a help to people. I don't want people to be limited in their praise because of a bunch of folks that come in, that they're out of sorts, and they're out of control, and they don't do it in their private place. They only do it publicly, and it becomes a show of the flesh. I don't want that to dissuade anybody from praising the Most High God. I don't want to dissuade you from worshiping the Most High God, praising with the timbrel and dance, praising with stringed instruments and organs. We have a little place not far from us, about an hour and a half from us here, that they put on Christian entertainment plays and shows, and Noah and David and different things, and I remember years ago, they were advertising the Psalms of David, and they had a professional dancer who would do interpretive dances with ribbons, and, and they would sing the Psalms of David. And of course, the first problem I had with it is the Psalms of David were not King James Psalms, therefore they're not truly the Psalms of David, they're man-made Psalms, uh, but it was interpretive dance. And, 
And they were talking about tickets selling out fast. And I, I remember just thinking to myself, how in the world could I be so bored in my life as to go have a religious experience where some women are up there doing interpretive dance with ribbons, dancing around to the Psalms of David. That's not what he's speaking of. Praise him in the dance. That's not what he's talking about. It's not a show where you clap and the Rockettes don't come and high kick and we praise God. No, but he's talking about in that secret place, in that private place before the Lord. Why can't we talk about this? Because folks have taken it too far. They, we talked about that yesterday on the podcast. How far is too far? There are folks that take things too far because it becomes sensual. It becomes fleshly. It becomes a work of the flesh. It becomes unclean. And they have gone too far. But those that do it with the right heart, those that do it out of the fullness of joy, those that do it in response to the scriptures, I don't see where they've gone too far. But again, you better temper those things with the word of God. And folks get out of control pretty quick with a lot of things. I've been in meetings that has spun out of control where uh, one person begins to rejoice greatly and then others rejoice. And all of a sudden somebody's running and 20 people are running or 30 people are running. And and got one place, a guy kept doing front flips in the front of the church. And he was doing handsprings and rolls. And so some other kids started doing handsprings and somersaults and you know, leaping for joy, but, you know, two, three years later, you go to the same meeting and those children aren't even in church. Those young people aren't even in church. And and why? Because it was never in the secret place. It was never before the Lord. It was always a public show. And worship is personal. It's between you and God. And I'm not going to criticize anybody for worshiping God. But your praise is an outward manifestation of what you've done inwardly. And to criticize that, when it's a show of the flesh, it's make, it becomes known. Later on in life, it catches up. People realize, okay, there's nothing to this. And so when we look at that, you have to say, okay, but it's not going to limit me. It's not going to hinder my walk with God. I don't want that to hinder me. He says, praise him upon the loud symbols. Praise him upon the high-sounding symbols. I got a dear preacher friend, and uh, part of the thing he does is, especially when his visitors come, the first time we went, he pulled out his loud, crashing symbols and was crashing them. Uh, in the service. And he said he's had so many people offended by that. They don't like the loud crash of the cymbals. And he wasn't sitting there tapping a rhythm with them. He didn't have them by the hi-hat cymbals tapping out with drumsticks. No, he was crashing the cymbals. And he'd play the high-sounding cymbals. Again, it's what the Lord said. And that you have liberty in that. But when it becomes a show of the flesh, when it becomes uh, just you, Again, it's a grief to God because God knows because they that are in the flesh cannot please God. To be carnally minded is death. And so to be spiritually minded is life. He goes on and says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. So he closes out the Psalm, Psalm 150. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. How do you praise him? Can I say this? It ought to be in your conversation. It ought to be in your day-to-day walk. You know, it's manifest. It becomes known in the sanctuary, becomes known in the assembly of God. You hear in testimonies, and you hear it all the time, and I got this from Brother Herbert years ago, but he talks about testimonies or testimonies. You can have one or the other. And a testimony is what you're doing and what you've done and what a great person you are. A testimony is what the Lord is doing, what the Lord has done, and what a great God he is. And you hear a lot of testimonies in church. Me, 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 me. And you hear very few testimonies. And God makes that known. God makes that clear. You hear a lot of preaching. It's just testimony. That's all it is. They don't have a testimony of what God has done. It's just a testimony of what a great parent they are, what a great father they are, what a great preacher they are, all the places they've been and all the people they know. It's just testimony at that point. No doctrine, no strength to it. And so guard yourself. 
Protect yourself from that. Protect yourself from your flesh. Don't let your flesh take control. But at the same time, when you go before God in that place of prayer, when you go into your closet and pray and you shut the door, you know that your father which seeth in secret rewardeth thee openly. That time with him, he openly rewards that. And I believe, of course, that's that judgment seat. I've preached that many times. I believe it's that judgment seat. I believe those are the rewards for prayer, for fasting, for giving. Let your worship be a part of that. You know, your giving is part of your worship. Your giving can be a, a source of thanksgiving. You can offer it up and just worship the Most High God with giving, giving of yourself, giving of your monies, giving of your time, giving to him because he's holy, because he's worthy. Not one of us is worthy to give. Not one of us is, is worthy to labor for him. Not one of us is worthy to serve him, yet he allows us to. He lets us give. He lets us be a part of the ministry. He lets us uh, be a, a servant of the Most High God because he's faithful to us. As we've looked at these Psalms We've culminated all these psalms into Psalm 150. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. When you speak of the psalms, speak of Jesus Christ. When you testify the psalms, testify of Jesus Christ. I pray you have your own testimony. I pray it's not repetition of somebody else's words. I pray it's truly a testimony of what God has done for you. Those of you that listen, uh, those of you that tune in that do not have that assurance of faith, why don't you seek God until you find that testimony? Why don't you seek God until your lips are filled with his praise? And that you cannot contain yourself because your lips are filled with the praises of the most high God. And let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. I believe it's good for lost people to praise the Lord. They can't testify as far as salvation, but they can testify the goodness of God. They can testify about what God is doing in their life. And if you have breath, you ought to praise him. When you go into the secret place, you ought to praise him. When you come out of the secret place, you ought to praise him. When you live your day-to-day -day life, you ought to praise him. When you come to the sanctuary of God, the house of God, you ought to praise him in the house of God. He's worthy to be praised. Pick up the instruments and praise him. Lift up your voice and praise him in song. When you pray, that adoration and that thanksgiving, the praise towards him should come out in that prayer. When you come before him in that private time after the service, whether it be on an altar or in the pew or a time of prayer or the, in the car on the way home or when you get home, you ought to just praise him for who he is. You ought to just praise him for what he's done. You ought to just lift up holy hands and bless the name of the Lord. Again, as we look back at 150 Psalms, how we rejoice in the goodness of God, how we rejoice in the things the Lord has taught us, how we praise his name. Pray for the McVeigh family. Pray for wisdom for us, direction for us concerning uh, what we'll do next on the podcast. We need instruction from the Lord. I know you'll keep us in prayer. Those of you that we know personally, we try to keep you in prayer. So just pray that God would guide our steps. We're also dealing with a very difficult situation in life right now, and it's something that uh, we may have some fill-ins on the podcast for next week because of the situation we're dealing with. So if you would, pray about that as well. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of these Messianic Psalms. I do hope it's been a help to you. I do hope it's been a blessing to you. If it has, won't you just let us know? Uh, just send a little bit of exhortation our way. And if you've really hated it, let us know that too. Maybe we can change something next time. And if you really just think I'm nuts, just keep that to yourself. So have a great day. Lord willing, somebody will be on the podcast preaching on Monday. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. 
You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.